Hola, somos Tania Moreno y Daniela Álvarez de TCU. Y estás escuchando College Volleyball Weekly. ¡Go Frogs! This is Tania Moreno and Daniela Álvarez from TCU. And you are on College Beach Volleyball Weekly. ¡Go Frogs! Hi everyone, I'm Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford Beach Volleyball and you are listening to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition. Hi, I'm Alana Rennie of Arizona Beach Volleyball. And I'm Alex Parker of Arizona Beach Volleyball. And you're listening to College Beach Volleyball Weekly. Is that right? No. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, it's another edition or episode, whatever you want to call it, of College Volleyball Weekly Beach Top 20 edition. And I was going to call it the Behind Max Back episode, but she found out about it. So it's no longer going to happen. But it's official. It's turned into an FAU takeover because Charlie had a team dinner she forgot about, but she is a team player. They're playing the Pac-12 North at U of A this weekend. And Mads, being the professional that she is, she's reporting on the sideline for a baseball game tonight on the ACC Network. So good for her. But, you know, the timing could have been better to have this pair on board today, Erica Brock and Mackenzie Morris of FAU, after such a intense weekend at March to May, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But hey, thanks for coming on, ladies. Of course. Thanks for having yeah. us again. Again, no, no, it's the first time. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, you're excellent guests. The preseason, I mean, is a great episode, but everyone knew they were watching FAU's number ones, which is you two. And um, you guys have been doing great things so far, which we'll get to a little further into our segment. But I want to talk about the other teams that have been performing and been catching uh, others' eyes that are following Collegiate Beach Volleyball. Start off with the, I didn't even update my rankings, but Pepperdine, um, there were a lot, there's a lot of questions as to if they were a legitimate top 20 team because they hadn't played anyone super competitive, but they ended up beating Long Beach State 3-2, um, Southern Miss 5-0 and Concordia 5-0 and Cal State Bakersfield, who entered the top 20 just weeks ago, but fell back out recently. But what do you guys know about Pepperdine? This year, I don't know much about them, but we do play them in not this weekend, but the next weekend. So I'm excited to see how, because I think the West Coast and the East Coast are really separated. And it's great to see when they come together so you can actually have something to compare against. Um, I'm not impressed with them so far, but that doesn't mean that they're not good. I just don't think that they've challenged themselves or gotten any big wins yet. So, right. yeah. yeah. How Only know like kind of the old Pepperdine, like Corinne Quiggle, Brooke Bauer type of team that was, you know, ranked really high and now they've kind of fallen back. But I don't know if they've had a fair chance this year yet to really prove themselves or not. So I guess I'm just interested to see, you know, how they keep performing as they face tougher teams in the future. Well, one thing that's caught my eye is their number two pairs of Simone Preby and McKenna Thomas, who have been on fire for the wave. So definitely a team to watch. Uh, you know, Marcia Sicoli definitely has a, has a great coaching resume, but I, I know that he's going to pull out some big wins here uh, come the push towards Gulf Shores. Uh, next thing you want to look at, I hate to mention it for you guys because we were talking before we went on, South Carolina um, had a pretty big weekend. We'll call it an upset against FAU, yeah, 3-2, Tulane, 4-1, UAB, 5-0. And their losses were to LSU and Florida State. But what can you gather about this South Carolina team? Are they worthy of top 15 or maybe even pushing in the top 10? So uh, start with you, Mac. 
Um, I think for sure. They're an extremely scrappy team. They have like their own style of play. They're super energetic, yelling, and that can be somewhat intimidating to some teams. Um, I mean, we definitely, they definitely put up a good fight against us and got the win, but I definitely think they're a top 15 team. They, they performed really well this weekend. Yeah. How about you, Erica? We weren't expecting, like we always knew that they were good, but we weren't expecting them to be that scrappy. They did not let a ball hit the ground. And so I applaud them for that. That is really good. And I think they're, they're going to have a really good season this year. I know they had a rough start, but maybe they were trying to figure out the lineup and stuff. And I think they're a really good team. Yeah. Another team that you may be familiar with, which is could be another sore subject, <laughs> Georgia State. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I realized this last weekend in Gulf Shores after seeing some of them play, they too are a very scrappy and crafty team. They did a lot of option overs on two and, I mean, even on ones. But, man, they gave UCLA a pretty good run this weekend in Gulf Shores. But how did you guys fare and um, how do you feel uh, they will perform come postseason? So I know they're in our conference and I know I'm supposed to like maybe be rivals with them, but I feel like Georgia State's kind of like the nicest team ever. And so I always root for them. And so they're super scrappy. I mean, I feel like everyone on the East Coast is scrappy and does weird things that and the West Coast is typically more traditional. And I think that can get them. But I will say I may have been rooting for Georgia State when they're playing UCLA. And they, they put on quite a show. Like they, I think UCLA took them too lightly. They're a team that goes down fighting no matter what team they're playing. So yeah. I think people underestimate them a lot, especially because they're not as big of a team. Like they don't have maybe huge girls, but they have girls who know how to place the ball really well and good ball control. Yep. Anything to add, Mac? Um, I would just say that watching them play this weekend was super exciting and like Erica said, they put up a fight and I don't know, it's just, it'll be interesting to see how we play against them and what our matchup is. Cause some of our teams play very similar to them. So it should be a fun game for sure. Yeah. They definitely grind things out. And from what I can gather from what I've seen on feeds and streams and Instagram lives, it's, you know, they, they definitely go for it. There is a never stay die mentality on that team and they get really creative on their shots. And like, Whoa, they just pulled that up extreme angle over on one, you know, digging great balls and just popping in the deep corner, just crushing any kind of momentum the other team would have thinking they've got the, the point winner. So um, with that, let's move up. We're going to skip your team. They were definitely in our discussion, but I uh, wanted to focus more on um, up until then uh, teams like Cal, for instance, uh, they had a, a few wins already this weekend saying uh, Cal Poly Pepperdine and Boise State in Southern Miss. So they're undefeated this week. Super strong West Coast team, but kind of behind the USC's UCLA and the Pac-12. But um, what do you think about their chances of pushing into the tournament this year, potentially? I think they have a chance. I know Anna Costa, is she's their one seed, right? Mm -hmm. and With uh, Mima Murkovich. She came from Stetson, so I know that she's like a really strong player up there. So I think they have a good team and they have a shot, but I do want to see them fight more against the bigger schools get get like a, a better win in because I know that their wins they beat um Pepperdine which we are up in the air about 
And uh, I just want, I don't know, I need something to compare it to on the East Coast, which is what a lot of the West Coast people struggle with when they're trying to rank East Coast teams. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess I don't really know much about Cal, honestly. Yeah. If we ever, I mean, they, East Coast teams really get to see them much, so. Well, they are a, a definitely a growing program in the Pac-12, and they're just pushing that bubble. Unfortunately, you got the powerhouses of SC and UCLA constantly getting the attention, and rightfully yeah. so. We've got big players, but that's what makes the game exciting when teams from the East Coast can pull some big upsets in each of the matchups. So um, let's move up on our ranking here. Like I said, I didn't update my notes based on the, the ABCA rankings, which came out yesterday. So it may be a little confusing here, but we'll, we'll jump in and take it as we uh, go here. Um, Florida State, 12-3, and 3-1 three, three and overall in the CCSA. Um, how'd they perform this weekend in March to May, in your opinion? You want to go? <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to say, I know that they're, they're also struggling with their lineup. Like, I think they performed really well, but I think they're messing around with their lineup because I don't think they know what their strongest lineup is right now. They almost beat UCLA. I really thought they had them, to be honest. Like, I wasn't impressed with FSU the weekend before, but then this weekend, because we've been at, like, almost every single tournament with them, but we didn't play them every time. So last weekend I wasn't, or the weekend before I wasn't impressed, but this weekend I was very, very impressed. I think they got it locked in a little bit more and the teams are bonding better. So the pairs are playing a lot better together. Yeah, I agree. We've definitely seen a lot of switches by them and just complete changes in every seed. So it looks like it's coming together and they, they really had a close game against UCLA. So that was kind of a, Exciting. Yeah, <laughs> we, we always root for East Coast teams. Yeah. It's so bad. <laughs> oh, I get it. You're regional. You gotta re- root for your regional homies. It's it's all good. Riley Powers on UCLA came up to me because she's my really close friend, and she's like, "I've learned today that no one on this beach wants us to win." I was like, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> <laughs> but you got your Florida buddies over there. You know, you got you got Lexi and <laughs> as well. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, we're going to move up into the top three here, and um, it's TCU, but they've actually moved into the number two spot in the current ABCA role, uh, poll, which I thought was interesting because USC hadn't lost. They only had one duel, uh, actually two, FIU 5-0 and uh, FGCU 4-1 wins for USC, but TCU had their tournament on their campus. ASU 5-0, ULM 5-0, UNO 5-0, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi 5-0. I'm curious as to athletes, and you see a poll, both teams are undefeated, but a move like that for TCU going up to number two while SC drops to the three spot. Does it matter in the end, but or is the move up justified? I was honestly really surprised by the move. I didn't think I think both teams played really well and performed this weekend. I don't know if there was, you know, a reason why they should have been moved above USC. Um, not that it really matters at this point because, I mean, it's they're both, you know, performing and mm-hmm. it's not like one of them lost, but it was definitely an interesting move. And I would like to see them play each other to really tell who should be above the other. I would agree because we played both. And I think it's a very, very close game. Like, I think either team could win that. So while I don't know, I'm like confused about the move, but 
TCU has been like shutting out teams. So I think that's probably the reason why they got moved up. Yeah, they've been performing super strong. One one to five pair just been solid for TCU, which if you look at that lineup, that's gonna be a tough one to beat right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for UCLA, again, they were at the March to May this weekend and obviously you guys came up short, but I mean, they had a really big win against Florida State. Uh, if I remember the correct order, you know, they basically, UCLA was down 0-2 after the mm-hmm. first wave. And I believe it was the, um, gosh, I just know that the so second. Was one for FSU. And mm-hmm. then I the threes won for UCLA. So I think it was the fours and the fives. That's right. The threes and the fives tied it up for UCLA 2-2. It came down to court four, which is their true freshman of, uh, Nally Miskowski and um, Sophie Moore. And it was a third set tie break. And having the freshmen come in and play like senior leaders and get that win was pretty huge. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have expected it, but it happened. But Florida State is so skilled. They are an incredible team to watch. But, wow, Sophie and Natalie pulled it off. So uh, I don't know if you guys were on the beach still for that one. Um, but it looked like it was a festive scene because, again, I'd give a shout out to Dave TV or that's Dave Van Winkle, IG living everything this last weekend. So got somewhat of a sense of what was going on, but what was your sense on the beach? That was, uh, as all that was transpiring. I mean, once we saw the FSU won the first two games, we were like, it's over. Like, that's so exciting. Yeah. FSU took them down and then it just took a turn. And I mean, there was a lot of energy. People were cheering. It was like the whole beach was crowded around that one court. So everyone was, was watching because you, so the way that they had it set up was the four, fives, and six played first, and then the ones, twos, and threes were a rolling start. With so there was like a game going on one, twos, and threes that was a different duel, and mm-hmm. then that was a rolling start. So the way that it ended, the ones and twos ended first. The ones, twos, and threes ended first, which mm-hmm. was weird because it, that wasn't how it was supposed to go. So then no mm. one could play, like the next game couldn't play because they were taking up the courts four, fives, and six. So every single team that was on the beach was watching that game. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering what the, the start was because I was, wait a second, you got the ones and twos already completed and then the three, fours, fives getting those final points, which isn't normal for at least the duels that I've worked in uh, here on the West Coast. So so that was an abnormal uh, start or format then for everyone then, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted to highlight one particular matchup that was so exciting to see, especially seeing the social media from uh, your athletic department, but big upset for your Owls team. I mean, weekend started off not so great. You had losses at UCLA, South Carolina, Grand Canyon. But what did coach tell you guys after going 0-3 in your first three duels at March to May? And Matt, take shot. It was honestly a sense of disappointment. Like they were frustrated with us. Everybody was upset and they're like, the only way we can fault these wins is if we start playing our own game and stop focusing on the other team, what the Jersey is, what their faces are, like just focus on our side, do the shots that we usually do, whatever the weird things that we like to do. And that's going to be how we pull out these games. So the morning of LSU, coach got involved in our warm-up. We went back to our fundamentals, like running pin sets and stuff like that, and just focused on our side. And it, it really helped our team a lot. Yeah. 
Um, it was definitely like the South Carolina loss was the first day and UCLA, that was the first day. And we kept saying, oh, we're so close. And then after the Grand Canyon, when we were very, very close, our coach was like, close isn't gonna win you games. It isn't gonna get you to nationals. So I think that like that change in mentality saying that like, we're so close, but we're gonna do those one or two little things to make it so that we're not so close anymore and we're winning the games. So I think we had a whole change in our mindset for the LSU game. Well, you came UH, out, yeah. Oh, I would say you came out of those first three losses and that ended up taking it on a conference USA duel with UAB and, you know, basically swapped them five Oh, um, did you guys come feel like you came out with a little more fire and motivation then in that one, even though it was UAB? For sure. Yeah. You a can definitely more. see the switch and everybody's gameplay and mentality and, it was a step in the right direction that just led into the next day. So that was and our coaches were like, it's a step in the right direction, but it's still not good enough to win us game. So keep going. And then right. that led us to, to being able to beat LSU the next day. Well, let's segue into how the LSU match went. Um, I went ahead and pulled up the order of finish. I'm, I, I imagine you guys are warming up and trying to follow, but also trying to warm up. But the order of finish were the fives, the fours, the twos, the threes, and then the ones. Um, I mean, were you guys aware that you were tied, that it was as tight as it was uh, when they started that second flight or second wave? So we were able to watch yes. the fours and fives completely. So we saw that we were one and one with them. And then once it was ones, twos, and threes, I would try to peek over and figure out what was going on. But I heard them say owls up, which means that we have game point. Yeah. I didn't know what point <laughs> it was, but I was like, we have game point. Yeah. And this was like the beginning of our third set. So I was like, oh my gosh, we have to win this. Yeah. So good knowing that it was tied up to a piece, take us into that the number one pairs of deciding the dual deciding pair, which is you guys. Uh, against Bella Bowman and Ashley Resnick Pope. And I mean, 17, 21, and then flipping the scores in your first and second sets, you know, you guys lost the first 17, 21. They took the second 21, 17. You know, what was going on in the court where I felt like it should have been tighter with the style of play that, that both you guys have, or, you know, LSU and you guys have. It personally wasn't my best game, if we're being honest. <laughs> Um, my defense is really good, but my side out was not great. And uh, I mean, Ashlyn's defense was really good too. So that didn't help my side out because her defense is great. But um, I, I was mad that we lost the first set because I knew it was my fault that we lost and not anything that they were doing. So that third set came and I was just like, all right, I am going to get locked in. I'm winning this for our team, not just for myself, but for our team. And I think that puts a different kind of pressure on you. That's more fun. And like, I don't know, I was just really, really focused. And Mac was doing a really good job of like calming me down because I get, I get very, very <laughs> fast. <laughs> and so she was setting dimes, serving really well and blocking very, very well. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about you, Mac, what, about everything that transpired on, you know, building up to your guys' uh, dual deciding uh, match. 
Yeah, I would definitely say the first set, we beat ourselves. We They didn't beat us. Then second set, we came out stronger. We started with a good lead, which doesn't usually happen for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the same thing happened in the third set. We kind of had a good lead from the start, which was nice. And then once everybody was over on our court, it was just the energy was there. It was fun. And mm-hmm. I mean, we had both teams cheering. It was just we like the pressure yeah. in the competitive environment, so we thrive in that. I think, like, once the teams got over, like, they might have scored two points, and then yeah. that was it. <laughs> your, your teammates got into their heads, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, so um, it was a late, it was the final duel of the day, I do, if I remember correctly. So it looked kind of dark on the beach. Like, it was definitely it was getting. In the morning. Yeah. That was a morning one. Well, I guess it's my coast. I'm used to seeing it that dark on my coast. (laughs) So um, looking at that score, though, so in that third set for the match point winner, um, I got to ask, because Mackie went up on the block, Erica picked it up on the transition. Um, You bump set butter, Mac. I have to say that was a beautiful bump set out to the pin. (laughs) But I want to ask Erica, I mean, you had a big block on the net waiting for you. And I could see the defender, Ashlyn, shift over across court. Were you looking for where everyone is at? Were you just swinging for the win? I was, well, the whole game I was looking and they kept juking me out. So I was like, you know what? At this point, I'm just going to go with my gut. She's probably going to dive on me and her block's probably not going to be that great. She, she did a really good job of diving the whole game, but I was like, if I turn it just a little bit, she'll probably won't get it. And so I was kind of hoping for the best because I knew Ashlyn was just like dancing around back there. Yeah. So the look wouldn't have helped me. Well, I got to ask Mac as the, the, the partner calling it, did you call a shot for her or, or did she ignore you? What, what happened here? <laughs> I, go to, I ignore her a lot. <laughs> yeah. I say high line regardless of where anybody is most of the time. I'm sure that was my call, but we've been talking about the whole game. Ashton was, like she said, dancing around in the back. They were picking up every shot. So we kind of mm-hmm. switched our mentality to just swing and hope for the best with that. Yeah. So that's and had an excellent result. Because you go ahead. Yeah. I said an excellent result though at the net though. I mean, it's if you see that video, I mean you there was no question. You were swinging away. Yeah. And you got her right arm and it went out of play. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's a big window for FAU. I mean, I believe it's one of the, your, your biggest in your program's history. So, you know, being yeah. a part of that, I mean, I didn't look up what your record was against LSU over the career since the start of your program, but I imagine it's gotta be a pretty big, I mean, anyone would say we beat LSU. That's a huge win. It's funny. Yeah. Cause our freshman year, we beat LSU in like the first tournament 4-1 and that was the highest ranked yeah. like win. So it's just funny that it's like our fifth year and it's LSU again is the team that we're pulling out the win on. Yeah. Well, it was a great win. Congratulations, lady and ladies. And gosh, it was, I mean, that tournament, it might as well have been the actual national championship. It felt like, cause it just had such a great vibe and atmosphere there. And people are excited to watch good ball on the beach and uh, you ladies were getting it done. I mean, yeah, it took, it was a slow start, but honestly, the teams you played against, I wanted to get your sense because this was like the highest caliber of beach volleyball you're going to see in the nation until the national championships. But uh, what was it like to be out there, you know, pre national championship? You know, it's crazy because everyone focuses so much on the rankings, but really any team can be anyone on any given day. Like it's, you think, 
so highly of these certain school names, but when we go out there, it's really just a bunch of kids playing volleyball and mm -hmm. it's not as big of a difference as you think, even yeah. though the scores may not show it. I mean, I think we realized that when we played UCLA, it's like we were, we were just expecting not expecting, but some of the girls came in with the mindset like, oh, it's okay if we lose or if we get demolished, but I'm going to play my heart out. And then once we were like really close with them, they were like, wait, like they're the number one team in the nation. So it was just a different mindset change, not, not caring that much about the rankings. And that, that got to us with South Carolina because we were like, oh, they're below us. They're, they're worse than us. But they bested us. They played really well. And I think anyone can beat anyone. And that's yeah. seen FGCU beat Stetson that same weekend. So I really think anyone can beat anyone. Yep. Anything to add, Mac? Just that the gap is so small between each team. It's really not a huge difference. So it's really up in the air for the rest of the season on how everyone does and I think that nationals this year specifically is going to be really exciting to watch. And there's probably going to be upsets that no one's expecting and yeah. the single elimination. Yeah. A lot of good play. Hi everyone. This is Madison Fitzpatrick at Florida state and you're listening or watching college volleyball weekly beach edition top 20. Hi, I'm Erica Brock from FAU. Hi, I'm Mackenzie Morris from FAU. And you're, you're listening to college volleyball weekly beach edition. Well, Charlie Mads are probably going to kill me for mentioning this, but um, it just seems like so far this season, the ones and twos are going to be just a brawl fest. You don't know what's going to happen. It can go either way. And it's going to come down to the three, fours, and fives. Like yeah. who's going to be consistent? Who's going to be able to get those wins and those extra dual points? Because you just don't know what's going to happen in the ones and the twos since it's just crazy watching some of the play because you have – Danny and Tanya TCU undefeated, and then they were you know, FSU, right? What's that? Danny and Tanya lost to FSU. Yeah, that's right. They had that one loss, and then you guys beat Maddie and Brooke of FSU. I mean, there's like this circle of parody going on with the number one. So it's like on any given day, you could be lucky and just get a bunch of cable balls that fall on the other side or just barely hit the sidelines. So you know, it's, it's going to be crazy watching those, the ones and twos, but the three, fours and fives, if you've got that depth, that's where your team's going to win those duels. For sure. So uh, with that big win, exciting to watch. I, I'm hoping someone posts more video on it, but you know, it's great seeing you guys play and get that, get that win, especially with, it was so smooth, that final point, by the way, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm like, well, that was like, it was, it was set up. All right. Good, good job, girls. <laughs> So let's uh, let's go to this week's uh, award, weekly awards. And what I could find so far, ABCA College Beach Volleyball Pair of the Week, Alanis Navis and Abby Hanson of Grand Canyon. Uh, They're on court number two. So I don't know if you got a chance to see them this weekend at March to May, but they basically were undefeated this weekend as well. So uh, good on them. For CCSA, Maddie Anderson and Brooke Bauer get the Pair of the Week. Pac-12, Sophie Moore and Nally Miskowski. Big West was uh, Tia Mirich and Connor, uh, Ella Connor. So still trying to find the WCC and uh, Conference USA. So. <laughs> well, we're the Conference USA. Apparently. Oh, shocker. Oh, there we go. We found out here. <laughs> Hello. Well, then, hey, let's interview. No, yeah. 
Well, congratulations. There we, I was trying to find on the site today or some kind of social who got it for Conference USA. Yeah. Well, congratulations <laughs> on the big win. You know, was, I'm going, who, who else could it be? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, congratulations and uh, congrats, congratulations to all the recipients because getting that award is huge from week to week because of the level of competition that's happening on the court or on the, at the duels and at the tournaments. So um, let's jump over some other news, hundred wins for um, coach Hector Gutierrez of TCU last week, got his hundredth win against Arizona state, Tina Gradina, her hundredth win against FIU on March 16th. Um, with that, uh, um, we talked about the polls, not a whole lot of movement, but definitely one of the hotter teams is FAU. They've been moving up, creeping up a step each week. Um, what do you think of your team's chances on moving even further up and breaking the top 10? Because you're at 10, but moving up, especially with teams like GCU, Hawaii, Cal, Stanford. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think you see any of them coming up here uh, for the rest of the season because everyone's made their trips for spring break and they're back on the West Coast. But uh, can you guys make a big statement like on the team's play? Um, because the focus has been, you know, and, and it's all due has been the number one pairs of you. Uh, but you definitely have a team behind you that's playing just as well or equally as well. So here's your chance to, 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 to your team's horn. You, you got it. Um, <laughs> in regards to moving up, I think just staying consistent across the board and we don't have too many more matchups that are top 10 or ranked. Um, so just trying to pull out the wins from the ones through the fives. And I know we have pairs that can do that consistently. And just, it's just a fact of going back to playing our game and being steady. And I don't know, I think we have a good shot of at least staying where we're at. We do have FSU coming up um which maybe we can pull Pepperdine. out that win yeah Pepperdine, yeah um yeah not too many opportunities for like a big move but i'm hoping if we you know sweep some teams and stay consistent then in other teams maybe lose a little bit <laughs> start keep creeping up on the, the rankings i right. think these next two weekends are important for us and our team's got to be locked in um we have a lot of new people on our team that are in the lineup. Shout out to like our checks and like the indoor transfers. Mm -hmm. And it's like they they haven't had much experience with uh, college beach volleyball. So I think the more, the farther we get into season, the better they're gonna get. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really excited to see that. That's crazy to know that you have some convert indoor players still and they're learning the game and you got your teams already as good as it is. So. Hats off to them and their efforts in learning the game, but I'm sure that you have taken on a leadership role, both of you, being that you've been in the program five, their fifth year now, being able to help them and ease them into the transition process of playing beach, right? I think it helps that our volunteer um, coach is Christy, and she was an indoor transfer, and she didn't have enough time. Like when she was on the team, she didn't have enough time to really learn the beach game to be able to get in the lineup, so she's really focused on getting extra reps with these girls watching film telling them what to do because she was in their exact same shoes so i think that's really helpful right well let's jump over into what's coming up this week um we're gonna save your guys for last it's the stetson invitational but uh, before that there is the a couple other top 20 matchups there's 
Long Beach State versus Cal Poly, which is an interesting matchup because Long Beach State has a losing record, but they are literally points, not dual points, set points away from being a winning team. They are literally there at each of in each of their pairs. They're just losing by deuces at the end and in third set tie breaks. And Cal Poly, which is a, a younger team, and obviously with the coach of Todd Rogers, you they're going to be a good and a well-disciplined team. So curious how that's going to pan out this week here. That's going to be in Long Beach, uh, not at their normal facility, but they're actually going to be on the beach uh, over by uh, Belmont Shores. So um, what do you guys know about the Long Beach State or Cal Poly? Okay. <laughs> oh, well, we, we got to watch Cal Poly at um, FSU and we were supposed to play them. And I don't know what happened to that because we were all really mad and we wanted to play them. And then we watched them play against Tampa and Tampa's a really good team, but they, they, it was the first tournament. I don't know if they were with their lineup and stuff, but Tampa beat them. Mm -hmm. And so from that point on, I, I haven't been super impressed because I haven't gotten the chance to see them, but I know that they pulled out some wins because they've beaten Long Beach State and Long Beach State has in some other teams so I think at this point anyone can really be anyone it just depends and like you were saying that one team is so close that that's just so frustrating and at one point it's going to click and they're going to win those games yep well the, the continuation of that tournament goes on to Saturday as well it's all the big west teams Hawaii which is number nine versus number 15 Long Beach State then Hawaii against Cal Poly but I'm going to jump over and go eastward the LSU Invitational, which has LSU, Tampa, ULNM, Florida State, TCU, and Houston Baptist. That is going to be a crazy tournament. Um, Saturday, March 26th is number six LSU versus number four Florida State at 7 p.m. Central. And that is being streamed. I received the link to that. But I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that matchup. Yeah, I think that's a really good matchup. They both have – they're both really deep teams – all through across all their seeds and they're also big teams like they got a lot of tall girls that like to swing and um play more traditional so i think that's going to be a really good matchup i think it go either way honestly what do you think yeah i really i don't know because fsu might be a little bit littler than lsu like lsu has some really tall girls and a big six seven is hard to match up with on the beach yeah <laughs> <laughs> like even six seven and then the girl at the twos she's huge and she has a nasty serve so i'm excited to see that because it's going to be who can stay in it the longest because fsu is probably going to be more scrappy but lsu is going to be more dominant at the net mm. so i i really don't know who's going to win that game plus it's going to oh. be at nighttime so that changes a lot of things because i hate playing at nighttime so <laughs> They're going to be at Death Volley. It's day all day long there. So yeah. <laughs> um, on Sunday, they go right back into action. Another top five match, actually top six, number two TCU versus number six LSU. And again, that's another smaller, scrappier team, but they've got great fundamentals and they're winning. So um, again, LSU, have, have you guys seen TCU this year? Yeah, yeah. it was our first game. That's right. <laughs> but I mean, as far as matchup wise, since what do you, what do you know about them versus LSU that uh, could tilt either team's way based on uh, what you know so far? I think TCU's got 
a really, really strong lineup. Like everyone, I think everyone is at the right spot for them. Like, I think they have a lineup that's locked in to me. And so I would like to see LSU try and fight that because I think going in, I think TCU is going to be the favorite team. I'm personally yep. going to favor them. I agree. I think TCU is super scrappy. They don't let anything drop. They, they have some big girls on the team. So I think they get to practice against that a little bit more too. Like mm -hmm. Daniela is probably a really good blocker to practice against because mm -hmm. she's big. Mm -hmm. I mean, what did we say? The ones for them are basically unstoppable. Was it their fours also that have been undefeated? Yeah, well, the fives too. If you, it's Megan Murray and uh, Rochelle Scott. <laughs> They're deep. I I looked at their yeah. line like, oh wow, yeah, 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 and yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. They're they're very deep, which is very good for them. Yeah, well, they have these Spanish team, these Spanish team members all across there, and the one Spanish team that's tied up, uh, uh, paired up with the Puerto Ricans. So. Uh, you know, they, they've all been winning. So they're definitely a strong team to contend with uh, just because they're so good. And they have the combination of youth and senior leadership because you got Megan Murray, who's a grad transfer from UCLA who played at the fives and is dominating in her spot as a fives at TCU. So, you know, they've got a good mix of team members there to uh, make it a well-rounded team. Um, next one, we're getting closer to yours. But there's some West Coast action, some Pac-12 action. It's why Charlie's not here. Uh, they're at the Pac-12 North, which has the uh, Arizona team who received votes this year. They're number 20 in the College Beach Volleyball Poll versus Cal. Then you have number eight, Stanford versus number one, UCLA. And then Saturday, number three, USC, who I'm sure is not happy about the drop in the poll against number one, UCLA. Thoughts on that weekend of the Pac-12 North Tournament? I'm excited for that. I was actually looking at that because I wanted to see USC play UCLA again because I think after losing, I don't think, I think it's really hard to beat a good team twice. So I think UCLA has got to work their butts off because USC is coming for them. And then I'm also excited about the Stanford because I want to see how they match up against a team like UCLA. Yeah, and um, obviously they need to keep winning their games and make a strong performance through that. But I really want to see them match up against UCLA. Yeah. All right, that brings us to where you ladies are going to be at with your team this weekend: the Stetson Beach Bash, uh, number ten FAU versus number eighteen Stetson to start it off. What are your thoughts on the matchup? Honestly, we it was a tough game last time we played Stetson. I think that. Their matchup against us is really strong. For some reason, we have always kind of struggled against Stetson. They're a really scrappy team, a little bit smaller, which is kind of how we operate too. Um, hopefully we learned our lesson from the last time we played them and played better, but it's always a fun game playing against them. And we know some of their team members too, so that makes it fun and exciting. Yeah. It's, it's going to be fun because this will be the first time we see FIU and the first time FIU gets to play against a good team besides USC. Mm -hmm. And so that'll help me get a sense of where I think FIU should be. And uh, Georgia State and Stetson, all good teams. So all the matchups that weekend are going to be really, really good. No, I wasn't asked specifically about the number 10 FAU versus FIU. They're in at number 19 but that's your rivalry match right yeah 
Big rival. I think our first time beating them ever in program history was last year. And wow. our coach cried. <laughs> so <laughs> then we went on to beat them a few times. Yeah. I, we must have played them at least six times last season. And the fact that we haven't even played them yet is kind of crazy. But I don't know who they have left on their team. I'm sure a lot of them are gone. I know Paige Kalkoff's at the ones. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they get they get a lot of foreign girls. So yeah. It's not many people that I grew up playing with. Well, uh, FAU has proven to be very successful so far. And especially with this breakout, for those who aren't able to keep up with what's happened with the CCSA, maybe one of you can explain it better than I can. But obviously, there's been a breakoff in the conference. It's formed the CCSA and now the Conference USA. Um, what does that mean for uh, tournament selection and so forth? If you know, I know that. Now the tournament's to 16 teams, but everyone's kind of wondering what the format's going to be. But what does it mean now that you have this new co- this split of the conference for um, the teams in your conference? I think it makes it harder for us to, like, last year we were upset that they split the conference because then we didn't get a chance to play against TCU and FSU and LSU again to, pr- to give, like, one last shot to prove ourselves. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just important Georgia State's coming. Georgia State's on the rise. We're on the rise. FIU has always been good. So I think it's important for all of our teams to establish themselves throughout the season so that our conference can be looked at as a harder conference. Do you guys have an AQ in in the Conference USA then? Do you know? A what? An automatic qualifier like from the tournament? What I've heard or what our coaches said is this year – Regardless of what conference you're in, if you win, you get to go. I'm not sure if that's true. Hmm. That's what Steve said. I thought, <laughs> I've heard mixed reviews. I thought that the conference, I guess this would be the second year. A conference has to be established for two years mm-hmm. in order to get the automatic bid. Uh, so this is, well, with COVID, that kind of messed things up. So, yeah. but last year it was, it wasn't in play yet, right? For the 2021 it was still just CCSA. It was, it was split. Split, but it was still one. It yeah, was that's split. what makes it confusing, guys. Like, wait, well, <laughs> there's the Aqua and the Blue Conference. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> it's like our conference just had a different name. I don't yeah. know. It yeah. was weird because we were at the same tournament and we were playing <laughs> at the same time. So we saw the team. It was just really weird. Yeah. Well, on that no <laughs> well it's been a very entertaining week for uh college beach volleyball and for you too particularly the now the conference usa pair of the week uh recently crowned so um got erica brock and mackenzie morris of fau appreciate you taking the time this week on our fau takeover of the college volleyball weekly beach edition top top 20 since uh, mads and, and charlie are uh, mias so uh, always great speaking with you ladies. Always a pleasure. Thanks yeah. for having us. Thanks for having us. <laughs>